This is a Discovery Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we invite you to find yourself in the bigger story. To find out more about what's going on in the life of the church, head to discoverychurch.com.au. Well, welcome Discovery Church, everyone. Welcome to our village, which we call Discovery Church. Hope you guys have an awesome time. Hope you guys had some breakfast, uh, had a bit of coffee and ready for the word. It's such a privilege to be able to share with you guys what I feel like is God's word for our community and for you today. You know, um, I've got two kids, uh, Levi and Ruby, and the scripture says they're a blessing and they are a blessing. <laughs> I remember when Levi was born five years ago and we were at the hospital and um such a weird thing because obviously I saw him grow in my wife's <laughs> tummy, Christy, and uh, we went to the hospital and um, yeah, the birth went well, fortunately, so it was, it was awesome. And we were sitting in this, um, in this room and I actually got to sleep over uh, to the, the first night when we had our baby. And it was, it was just such a weird experience because all of a sudden we, uh, we produced this human, this human was with us. And I remember thinking, man, what is this? Like we've got this little tiny tiny little Ben Coomer and Christy Coomer uh, with us and, and the tiny little housemate now that we get to take home. And uh, I remember actually when we were in the um, nursing suite, I said, man, I feel really tired. I didn't get much sleep. And I remember the nurse looking at me and my wife looking at me like, you didn't get enough sleep, hey? So <laughs> anyway, we took, out, we took Levi home and we soaked it. That drive home uh, five years ago with our little infant, our little baby was just so cautious. You know, I'm, I'm generally a pretty casual driver and I, I guess I go over the speed limit sometimes. It's a bit of a confession there. Uh, but uh, yeah, that drive home was so slow. And I remember when we got to our house, I remember uh, saying to myself, now what? <laughs> like we've got this little human being um, that, that poops a lot and cries a lot. And, but I didn't actually receive a manual from the hospital to tell me how to take care of this thing like you would a TV or a car or something like that. And so all of a sudden we got a little uh, housemate and, and, and the weight of responsibility uh, kind of fell on my shoulders and I've got to really... Um, I've got to really not mess this kid up. <laughs> I'm not sure if you can uh, relate to me. You know, when I look at um, posts and I look at our culture, there seems to be quite a little bit of a, quite a, quite a bit of fear around raising our kids. And, and it comes out of that. It comes out of that thing around, how do I not mess this, <laughs> this precious little gift that we've been given? You know, how, how, do, I, how, do, I get, how do I grow them? What's the, what's the manual on how to do these things? And sometimes the anxiety to raise your kids can fully overtake you. I don't know if you've experienced it before. I haven't experienced it too many times. I mean, look, Levi's just learning how to do flips on the trampoline at the moment, and he just tucks his head in before he lands, and that causes anxiety for me. I was a, I was a, a crazy kid when I was younger as well. Um, so, you know, but I'm not really talking about I'm talking about releasing your kids out into the world, not knowing whether they're going to be safe or not. Not knowing whether they're going to be okay, not knowing whether they're going to be, uh, whether they're going to be successful or prosperous, or whether they're going to go through the same pain that we've been through. You know, a lot of parents have gone through pain in their life and they just don't want that for their kids. And this produces anxiety. Sometimes, uh, I, you know, I've, I've talked to people who have woken up in the middle of the night with anxiety attacks going, you know, about their kids. And so I just want to let you know that um, through my meditation, through, my, through seeking God and through seeking his wisdom, because the thing is, guys, there's so much information out there. We don't know what to what to assimilate, you know, and I look out into the world and I want to get as much information as I can to raise my kids. But I think what the Lord showed me is you need more than information. You need his wisdom. You need his wisdom that you can, you can raise your kids on a solid foundation that, that is beyond generation to generation, a type of wisdom that is an everlasting wisdom. And I believe God has a word for me. And primarily I'm talking about me and a word for you as well. And we can find that in his word. 
This thing here has the wisdom of God. It's a wisdom that, like I said, surpasses from generation to generation. It doesn't change. And so the question that I have is, does God have a wisdom for us, for, for you now in our culture, that we can find in his word? And I think the answer to that is yes, and I want to present that to you this morning. And we find this wisdom in the book of Genesis. Did you know uh, that you are hardwired to be blessed? Did you know the first words that God ever spoke to humanity was a blessing? Did you know that we are hardwired in our DNA to receive blessing from God? When God created man on the sixth day, he said to them, the first things he said out of his mouth was a blessing, which is be fruitful and multiply. Which means the most ancient desire that we have, the most ancient cry that we have is to be fruitful and multiply. And when you read the book of genera- uh, sorry, Genesis, throughout the generations in the book of Genesis, this theme starts to pop up over and over and over again. And it's the theme of blessing. It's a theme that shows the power of blessing. You are hardwired to be blessed. God blessed Adam and he said, be fruitful and multiply. And that same word that God gave to Adam, he gave to Noah and said, be fruitful and multiply all through the book of Genesis. And that same word that he gave to Adam and Noah, he gave to Abraham, saying that in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And God blessed Abraham and effectively he said to Abram, be fruitful and multiply. Do you know God's word for you today is to be fruitful and multiply? I don't know what your experience is. I don't know uh, what your uh, week has been like or what your childhood has been like. But maybe you believe that you're not called to be fruitful and multiply. And maybe you try to deny that ancient desire in yourself to want to be fruitful and multiply, saying it's not important. But um, let me tell you something. Recognize it because it's something that God put in you. He's put in every single human being. It's this desire to be successful, a desire to be fruitful and multiply. And you don't need to deny that in yourself. So, the, so, the, so I want to share this morning the principle of blessing and I truly believe that if we get this revelation of blessing into our lives and into and work it into our lives it will quell the fear that we have around our kids and sending them out into this world so as I said in the book of Genesis there's such a theme of blessing that comes up through the book but I want to pick up uh, an interesting story that we find in Genesis 27 um, uh, Genesis 27 32 to 34 so if you've got your Bibles with you feel free to open it up now at this stage uh, God has said that he's going to bless Abraham and that blessing was passed down through his son Isaac. And now Isaac is of age and he is going to pass down a blessing to his firstborn child Esau. And if you've ever read this story, you find out that actually Jacob stole that blessing that belonged to his older brother Esau and deceived his father and took that blessing. And then Esau came back because Isaac said, can you, know, can you make me a meal and I'll come back and I'll bless you. And as Esau comes back, he finds out that the blessing from his father was stolen from him. And I just want to read it from here in Genesis uh, 27, 32, where it says, His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then and hunted the game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came. And I have blessed him. Yes, he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. I'm not sure if you've read that story before. The first thing that pops into my mind when I read that story is, Why did Esau cry? Why is it that he, and it doesn't say he just cried, he cried bitter cries. 
Was it something that Jacob and Esau understood that maybe our culture has completely forgotten about? Because I believe this. I believe that Jacob and Esau understood the power of a parental blessing. So when I read that verse, I say, well, Esau, it's just words, isn't it? It's just words. Like You can probably get a few more words from your father. But no, they understood a spiritual principle. And Esau understood that he needed his father's blessing. He understood the power of a father's blessing to set him up for the rest of his life, to succeed and prosper in the things that he called to. And Jacob understood the power of his father's blessing, so much so that he actually stole it off his older brother. Do we understand the power, not just of blessing, but the power of parental blessing in this culture? Because I can tell you right now, when we understand this revelation of the power of parental blessing, it helps you with this so much there's so much fear that's going on at the moment around uh, sending your kids out into this world and can actually equip you to be confident with your kids, to be confident with setting your kids out into the world. You know, Scripture says the kids are like an arrow. The kids are like an arrow and you can be confident. It's, the Scripture also said the kids are a blessing. I know it's hard to believe sometimes, <laughs> especially when foods are all like in their hair. And like, Levi did this thing the other day. <laughs> I just gave him a shower. And he went outside and he decided to get chalk, the stuff that you draw on like the pavement, and put it all over himself. And he comes back inside. And I looked at him and said, you are a blessing of the Lord. <laughs> there is power in parental blessing. And I think it's one of the strands that we find in the ancient times and ancient parts that we can pick up in our generation. You see, one of the things in the revelation that I get from meditating in generations is, uh, sorry, uh, Genesis is that I'm not just a disciplinarian to my kids. I'm not, just a, I'm not just a person that always has to say, no, don't do this and don't do that and always be someone that locks up my kids. I don't actually have to be best mates with my kids per se because I'm afraid if I'm not best mates with them, then they won't like me. No, God has a higher calling for me and he's a higher calling for you. God says that you are his agent of blessing to your kids. And in fact, that he sets you around your kids. He sets you, the family structure sets you around the kids to be protection. And we'll talk about that in a second. So that you can convey God's message of blessing to your kids. I know that when I wake up in the morning, I get the awesome opportunity to be a blessing to my kids. And I get to bless them just like God did with his words. So you might be question, the question that you might be asking is, what is a blessing and what are the parts of a blessing? The word blessing is Baruch in, um, in the Hebrew language. And effectively, it just means to kneel in front of someone. But spiritually, it means that you kneel in front of someone who has your authority for them to give you the power and empowerment to succeed in life. A blessing is an empowerment to succeed in life. And blessings aren't just general. You can see it in Jacob later in the book of Genesis when he's blessing his kids. They're specific Things that you say over someone that contains mission and contains identity and contains their purpose as well. So a blessing is something that you say over someone that tells them who they are in God and what they've been created to do, what their purpose in this life is. And I can tell you this thing, our generation is crying out for identity and purpose. Our generation is crying out for someone to tell them who they are, that it doesn't change and they're not... They're not uh, you know, changing with every single wind of doctrine that's coming to them. They want to know they've got a secure identity and they also want to know their place in this world. Because when they know those two things, something gets created in their mind and it's called hope. 
They know they've got an expected end, a positive expectation of good in their life. This generation is crying out for blessing. And I could even say this. I think this generation has the same cry that Esau had. I believe this generation is crying out for someone to bless them. And they're looking for blessing in all the wrong places. They're looking for blessing with their peers. They're looking for blessing with the things that they, uh, that, that, um, that they do that gets the attention and, and, and popularity of people around them. That they might do things they don't even agree with just because they want to be blessed. They want to have their identity secured. They want to have their purpose secured. And I just want to say this quickly. When we say identity, I don't mean nature. What do I mean by that? Nature is what makes us the same. So Matt was just here before, and the fact is we've got the same nature, the same human nature. We've both got a skeletal system. We've both got blood. We've both got DNA. What identity is, is what makes you unique. As you can, as you can tell, Matt and I are different. <laughs> and what makes us different is your identity. Kids don't need to know that they're, same, that they're exactly the same as a person next to them. They need to know that they've got a unique identity before God and before their parents. And they know they've got a unique purpose in this in life. In life, So identity shows you how you're unique, how you're different to the person that's next to you. The, the, the nature shows you how you're the same. You're the son of God. You're the king of God. Identity shows you your calling and purpose and your giftings. And so this is the power of blessing. And I believe Jacob and Esau understood that. Do you know that you are God's agent of blessing to your kids? You know, in the ancient times, it was really important for a city to have walls around it because if you didn't have walls, you couldn't defend yourself for the enemy's attack. And you as a parent, you are God's agent to deliver God's message of blessing to your kids. But just as we know God has a message for our kids, the enemy also has a message for our kids too. And you know, the enemy, he works pretty much in the same way that God does. He uses human agents to convey a message. Look, he's not behind your door or outside your house trying to zap your kids with a curse. No, what he's trying to do is to get a specific message to your kids, a message around their identity that they don't belong or a message around their purpose that they have no place in this earth. And the enemy tries to get this message to your kids, but do you know that as parents, as family, God has put a structure around your kids so you, you can literally be like a wall that defends the attacks of the enemy's messaging to your kids. He's put structures in place. Because I don't know about you, my kids weren't born into an intimate relationship with God. Like They didn't come out of the womb with their hands lifted up saying, praise you, Lord Jesus. Maybe your kids did. Maybe your kid was like John the Baptist who was born with the Holy Spirit. Now, kids are so vulnerable, they'll believe anything that was told to them, that's, that gets told to them. And so what do we do then if that point when they're born to the point where they have an intimate relationship with God, where they can hear God's voice and his, what, like his purpose for their life, his identity for their life? What do we do in that intermediate place? Well, God has put structures in place so that he can convey his blessing to your kids even before they have an intimate relationship with him. And it will take a village to do that. You see, he's put the structure of family, immediate family, parents, to convey God's message of identity and purpose to your kids. He's also put extended family to convey God's message. He's also put friends, dear friends that we have, to convey God's message. He's also put the church family 
See, all these things are layers upon layers of creating a wall around your kids. So they're listening to God's message around their identity and purpose and not the enemy's message of their identity and purpose. We can defend the enemy's attacks, his arrows to our kids, by keeping them within the walls of these structures. So there's two ways then the enemy tries to get in his message to our kids. Remember, he's not outside your door trying to zap them with a curse. No, all the enemy has to do is to get someone to believe his lies. He'll stand back and watch that person make an absolute destruction out of their life because they're basing their life on a lie. Primarily a lie around their identity and their purpose. And so we can defend from the enemy around doing that by having these structures in place. And there's two ways that the enemy tries to get us to partner with his message. And, this is the, and the way is this, to break down those structures, to get you out from a loving family, uh, to get you out from a loving extended family, to have no friends, to have no people beside you, like David and Jonathan, who are going to tell you the truth of God, and to get you out of community, which we have in church. The other way is this, to get behind those walls and we inadvertently say to our kids the message that the enemy has for them. And maybe that's been your case. Maybe you're in a, you've been in a family or you've grown up in a place where you, what's been conveyed to you is the enemy's message around your identity and purpose. But let me tell you something. The only way you can do that is through blindness. You see, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to uh, condemn anyone here. Everyone's done it. Everyone said something about their kids, something about their nieces, something about people who are under our authority that just wasn't right and you knew it wasn't right. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to create condemnation here. We've got enough condemnation in the world. All I'm trying to do is create awareness because the only way the enemy can work is when we partner through blindness according to his message and not the message that we have from God. So when you come to this church, when you come into the, our church family, we are committed to convey to you a message around your identity and your purpose that is a blessing of God. We're not here to curse you. And we apologise if we say things, and we're all humans, right? We're humans, we say things sometimes, that it's in line with the enemy's message. We repent and we come to God and we will convey a message of blessing. Because if you've grown up with a message of cursing in your life, then you can come to church. Because I know what you're thinking. Well, that's great, Ben. It's awesome to have great family members, but I never grew up with great family members. What, what chance do I have? I have in my head fortresses of lies that I've based my life in, and I can see the fruits of those lies. It's creating havoc in my life. Well, come to church because it will take a village to get those lies out of your head and to implant truth into your head about your identity and calling because you are blessed God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places and this is the message we want to convey to you you've been created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand you're not an accident you're not an afterthought God has specifically thought about you and has blessed you with giftings with identity, uniqueness. You're not the same as everyone else. You're unique in God's eyes. He loves you specifically. He loves you uniquely. And you can come into this village and we can convey that to you. And you can be sure as well with your kids that when you come into this village, we'll convey that message to them as well. So you are God's agent of blessing to your kids. You are God's agent of blessing to your kids. You are God's wall, God's fortress for your kids. So that the scripture says the kids are like arrows. Happy is a man whose quiver is full of them. When they're behind the fortress, we, like an arrow, shoot them out into the world that's full of blessing. You know, you might be asking the question, um, is this practice in this day? The answer is, yes, it is. You know, in my research, I found out that actually the Jewish people do this every single Friday night. 
Do what? Practice the ancient path of blessing their children. You know, I, I get interested in sometimes, and this is anecdotal, like I haven't done a ton of research in this sort of thing, but it seems as though the Jewish people had this kind of blessing on them, and I always thought it was this mysterious thing uh, that they had over them that, they, um, that God just blessed them, which will make them rise in business, and you know, there's, they're overrepresented in Nobel Peace Prizes and all that kind of stuff like that, and I'm like, I want some of that sort of thing, until I realised there's something specific that they do in what they call the Shabbat, the Sabbath. Every Friday night, from 6 o'clock, as they believe that their day starts at night, from 6 o'clock Friday to 6 o'clock on Saturday, they have a Sabbath. And I'm cool with that because we need a rest. But I didn't realise what they actually do in the Sabbath time. In the Sabbath and night, what happens usually is they have a meal. And um, then after the meal, what the husband does or the father does is he opens a Bible and blesses the wife. And then the wife and the husband, generally speaking, they bless the kids and they put the Aaronic, Aaronic blessing on them. Um, maybe bless like Ephraim and Manasseh. And, they can, and then they also bless them specifically on what they feel is that they're called to do in life. Now let me tell you the power of that. Imagine if you're a kid, since you were very young, you heard every single week your parents blessing you according to your identity and your purpose. By the time you're 20 years old, you would have heard it 1,000 times. And then you go out into the world. What do you reckon that's going to do to your psychology? What do you reckon that's going to do to your worldview? They go into these things, like the Jewish people go into these things, not saying, oh, I wonder if I'll succeed or not. They know that they're going to succeed. They know that they're going to go into a realm and absolutely change it. You know, Proverbs 11, 11 says this, that by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but the mouth of the wicked overthrows it. And there's a few ways you can look at that verse. Obviously, we use our words, as Matt said, not to complain, but to bless our city. If we want to see prosperity in our city, stop complaining about it and bless it. Bless our city, because the power of the words of the righteous are huge. But here's the other thing. When a righteous person steps into a city, like an arrow gets shot and sticks into a city, that city will get exalted because there's blessing on that person. What if the greatest strategy to change our city is to put blessing into our kids and then send them out into the city and to watch that city get exalted because we are the light of this nation. We're the salt. What if one of the greatest strategies to change Mount Evelyn or our Yarra or whatever it is, is to allow our kids to know that they're blessed from their parents and pass down that generational blessing from parents, from foster parents, from uncles and aunties, from cousins, from church community and send them out to the world knowing that they're blessed. Not that they're filthy sinners or, you know, don't get caught up in the world. It's like you go out into the world. That will change how you feel about your kids and that anxiety and fear. In fact, I'm now afraid of the kingdom of darkness because I'm sending my kids out with such blessing that they're going to cop it. You know, look, the city's going to cop it because they're blessed and they know that they've got a purpose and identity. How does this apply to you guys? Well, we've got a chance to exalt our city. You know, for me, for me, I really want to set down with you the, the 20 things that um, I was shown to, to practically show you how to do this thing. But I know preaching is a weird thing, all right? The only thing that we can really do as preachers and teachers is to point you to a truth. But it is the Holy Spirit that can make you walk in that truth. So one of the most practical things that you can do, because I know the question that you're asking right now is, what do I do? The most practical thing you can do right now is to go to the Holy Spirit and ask him two things. Can you make this revelation a reality for me? And can you show me how to walk in it? 
Because what works for me and what the Holy Spirit has showed me and my family to do may not necessarily be the things that he shows you and your family to do. We've actually instituted the Sabbath in our family. So every Friday night when Daddy finishes work, he comes out into the lounge and he's like, Dad's got a whole day off. We're going to play. We're going to have family time. We're going to have a great time. Uh, let's have some dinner. And I go about within the dinner, uh, after the dinner, sometimes before the dinner, and I open up the Bible and I bless Levi, I bless Ruby, I speak blessing over Christy and we bless each other. We've actually created a culture of blessing in our house. So that means that anytime we're speaking out of blessing, we remind ourselves that actually this house is a culture, has a culture of blessing. But that's what the Holy Spirit has taught me to do because my day is on Saturday, it's the only day I got off. What's he teaching you to do? How do you institute this truth, this fundamental principle that we see in the book of Genesis that's been practiced by certain people? It doesn't belong to a certain people, it belongs to all of humanity. What is he calling you to do? You know, I've got two nephews and, um, you know, I've just made a commitment that I'm going to be the fun uncle. <laughs> um, Isaiah Gash and James Lekas, they're my two little nephews and I love them heaps. But I know by getting a revelation through the Holy Spirit, through this principle of blessing, exactly what my position is in their life. It's not just to be a fun uncle. It's to communicate God's message of blessing to them around their identity and their purpose. And I work with their parents so that we can create safeguards around that. You know, maybe you're called to foster parenting. Can you see what an immense privilege it is for you to take in a kid that may possibly never hear God's message for their life, that God's message for blessing. Can you see how immense, what immense privilege it is to have a kid come into your home where there's a culture of blessing where they're always going to hear the message of God, not the message of the enemy? We have programs in this uh, church uh, that we partner with, uh, ministry departments like Southern Cross Kids Camp. Here are kids who most likely are hearing a message that is not of God. And they can go into a camp for, for one week and they can hear God's identity and purpose for them because these ministries bless those kids. We have mentoring, as Zayda just said before. Maybe you've grown up in a family line. And look, we're not here to condemn anyone. We're not here to throw stones or anything like that. Maybe you've grown up in a family where you've only heard the message of cursing. And you're like, well, what about me? You know, What chance have I got? Well, come into this family, this village, and come into mentoring where someone older than you, who's, who's walked down the line, who can see God's identity for you, who can, who can perceive God's purpose for you, start speaking that into your life. You are not left hopeless no matter what your background or situation actually is. Guys, it takes a village to bless people. And God has put these structures around us so that we can receive his messaging and we can be confident when we go out into the world that we are going to exalt a city rather than be affected by the city. So I want to encourage you, and I'm trying my hardest not to give you like the five steps or anything like that, even though I think there is valid. What I want you to do is I want this thing to come alive in you. So go to the Holy Spirit who lives inside you, and it is his job to give you the how-to of the truths that we find in the scriptures. How does it work in your family? How does it work in your relationships? How does it work in, in the way that you've... Uh, raised your kids? What are the things that is he's highlighting? What are the, what's the blindness he's trying to set into vision now? Go to him and he'll show you and he'll give you the steps. And I can guarantee you that when you follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit and start implementing the power of generational blessing, parental blessing, whether it's to your kids or to your nephews and nieces or towards your family and church or, or your friends' kids, that you'll start seeing confidence in these kids to go out into the world 
and uplifted city. And I just want to say this and I want to end on this. Maybe you can look through your generational line and all you can see is cursing. You are the agent to change it for your family. But you don't understand my family, Ben. I don't, but the Holy Spirit does. And he that is in you is stronger than he that is in the world. And you've got an opportunity to change the trajectory of your line and your lineage. And the Holy Spirit will help you to do that. Be blessed, guys. May God's face shine upon you. May you be prosperous in the things that God's called you to do. Have an awesome week. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on this Discovery Church podcast. Now go and find yourself in the bigger story.